The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Pop. You're on for bi-weekly pop culture talk right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson. Alongside with me, he is the Merrill to my Graham Hess, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Johnny, how the heck are you? Uh, Matt, I, look, I only got I got this great idea. We're going to run around this house. And we're just going to go crazy and cuss and stuff. Uh, and I know I'm I never, my mind. <laughs> and I know I know I never cuss, but uh, you know, also know this is just for show, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, your ass, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a great scene. Yes, yeah. we. For those who are not following and, and you can't read, uh, we're talking. That was <laughs> that was really not subtle. Um, we're talking about the movie Science today. Uh, that we have a movie month theme. And uh, we're talking the movie Signs, uh, directed by M. Night Shyamalan, way back in 2002. It yeah, at the height of his powers. At the height yeah. of, oh, it was so good. It, it was before Shyamalan had a, uh, had a, a, a disappointment. Well, not dis- like a disappointing stigma uh, around yeah. him. Now people see him in one of his movies, and they're just like, oh. But back now then. Yeah. yeah, and now he's kind of, uh, he'll bring on a good one, and then he'll bring out one that's kind of, eh. He's kind of going back and forth. Yeah, it seems. But, but I would argue this that starting with the sixth sense, going through Unbreakable, going through Signs, and then going through The Village, which I know a lot of people kind of hate on, but I think it's a fantastic movie. I love The Village. Uh, But I think those first four films are strong, man. Especially for a guy to have for that to be your first four uh, theatrical movies to be released for sure. That's a heck of a run, man. No, I, I highly agree. And yeah, Shyamalan, he, I, I love his perspective on directing, um, you know, his, his just the way he does it is, is he's so talented. He's very talented at what he does. Yeah. And, you know, this one has a loaded, uh, a very good, uh, you know, cast, very good story, you know, story and all that stuff. But yeah, we'll, we're definitely going to discuss all that. I'm super excited to get into it. Uh, let's swing away and get into our personal history with the movie Signs. Oh. 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 Oh.
All right. So I got this movie. I don't remember if I we rented it first. I can't remember if I rented it first or um or I got it for Easter. We might we probably rented it from Blockbuster. Little throwback there. And I was amazed by this film. Absolutely amazed by this film. I love I mean that was a you know, I we're big into like cryptids and all that sort of stuff. This the aliens, you know, you and I, Johnny. Uh, aliens has always been this very intriguing thing. And uh, at first I was like, science isn't really like an alien movie, is it? You know, there was crop circles and all this stuff. But I was very pleasantly surprised um, that it, it it ended up being what it was. Uh, when I did get, I know I got VHS, I think for Eastern 2003. And... Uh, I watched the crap out of that thing. I had a TV in my bedroom and I would just watch it start to finish and I would rewind it. And it's like, it's, it's so weird because it's one of those movies that it's one of those movies that like, it's not like a star Wars film where it's heavy action or like Lord of the Rings. We can watch it over and over again or a Batman. Um, but the storytelling was just so, I mean, I even realized this at an early age, it was just magnificent. Uh, it was the, the flow of the film was, was perfect. They showed just enough alien to keep you hooked. Uh, I I still watch it to this day. Like I just we were I rewatched it like twice a couple weeks ago. My wife was out of town. I rented it off YouTube and I was watching it over and over again. I was just like, my God, this is so good. And you're still like scared the entire time. Uh, you just the, Shyamalan did such a good job of putting this movie together. Like I said, with the with the music, we're gonna talk about the music a little bit. The music was great. The the angles that he used the camera, it was it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. But uh, yeah, just adore the characters, adore the fan, the the aspect of it, crop circles, uh, and just you know the 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 I guess the alone feel, right? That that these characters had, they're they're alone. They have this wonderful, this huge farm, uh, farmhouse, no neighbors in sight, uh, living out in the middle of the country, and uh, you know aliens attack. And right around, so it was really, it was really, really cool uh, just to kind of see all this. And well, definitely, easily my favorite alien esque movie of all time. So yeah, it's definitely up there for me. I got a long history with Mister Knight here. Uh, when I was in high school, is when Sixth Sense came out. Okay, and I was pumped to see that movie because here's a little secret about me. Everybody who listens to any of my shows knows that I am not into the horror genre. This is just no. not something that I like. However, I absolutely love movies that are suspenseful and have uh, hints of uh, supernatural or or can be kind of scary that way. The ones that make you think. I don't like the gory ones. I like the ones that make you, um, you know, kind of like Night does with these yeah. movies where uh, the fear is almost always in what your brain's thinking instead of, uh, just him showing a bunch of gore in front of you. Right. Which is something I very much appreciate. But so six cents came out and I really wanted to see it. Obviously by now, uh, if you're listening to this giant spoilers on everything we talk about giant <laughs> spoilers. All right. So, uh, and <laughs> I have this vivid memory of, uh, you know, and when we sat down for lunch, you, you always have like your crew that you always sat with at lunch. Yep. So it was me, my buddy, Chris and our friend, Rachel, and Rachel had just seen the movie and she just starts talking to us about it. And then out of nowhere, she goes, I can't believe he was dead that whole time. Like she just tells us. 
And I had done such a good job of not, cause this was before social media. Right. And my brain exploded. I was like, no, no, I didn't <laughs> want to know that. I still watched the movie. I love it. Like six cents is fantastic. Still love it. Yeah. But it took me a long time to forgive her. <laughs> I don't blame you. That's, that's a tough, that's a tough uh, little spoiler there. Yeah. But I have since forgiven her, but it took me a while to get over it. But that also started my love of M. Night movies. And uh, so since then, uh, like when Unbreakable came out and there was Signs and then with The Village and then even with Lady in the Water, I think it was the last one. All those I saw in the theater because I like M. Night. And um, I Signs, like even was so good and even the music is so good. That I remember, and this is, you know, well before anybody even thought to put anything at the end of a movie uh, yeah. credits. I sat through the credits just because I like the music so much. Agreed. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, Shore's scores on these films are fantastic. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's like he just knows what's going to make sense here. And it's so suspenseful, that main theme for Signs. And uh, this was also, to me, at the height of Mel Gibson's uh run like he was putting out some good movies here well before we kind of knew that he was problematic and that's putting it nicely <laughs> and uh you know he's put out some good films here i mean the patriots movie i really really oh, like i he love was in. the patriot oh and, my god just so many other ones we could talk about that yeah. he was really good because even even though obviously the stuff he said was gross at the at the very least uh you know in his personal life uh fantastic actor yeah. um and this also but signs also uh, made me a fan of the Phoenix guy, you know, Mr. Phoenix himself. Yes, sir. And this might've been his first breakout role. It might've been. It's it might, definitely I'm early not, in. I don't remember anything of his before, but actually I'm going to look that up. Now. Yeah. That's look it up. While yeah. Look it up while I'm talking about talking about him. <laughs> so that, so when village came out and I, he was in it, I got really excited. Uh, M night and, you know, and this guy's in there. I, I have to check this out. And that's been very interesting in his career ever since then. He makes very uh, interesting choices, and no matter what he's in, I know he's going to bring it, right? Oh, absolutely. He's one of those actors where you don't have to worry about him just kind of taking it easy and just and not trying whatever. I mean, good gosh, just look at Joker, for crying out loud. But uh, the such a great actor. So Knight also has a really good track record, and especially his early films, of casting really well. Uh, and that's something you it's just definitely a part of it you know of uh, making a a good movie you can have an amazing script and be a fantastic director and all this stuff but all the parts have to come together including the acting for it to be awesome i agree and i'm also mistaken gladiator was his breakout role oh yeah 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 that was i almost forgot about that that was two years prior but um, oddly enough i didn't have other roles he did have other roles he was on TV. He did a lot of TV show stuff in the eighties. Yeah. He was Superboy. He played in Superboy. Uh, he did an episode of nineteen eighty nine. Um, but yeah, so, but like probably until Gladiator, he's probably just best known for who his brother was, right? Yeah, River. Yep. Yeah, River Phoenix. And, yep. Uh, brother who tragically passed away. But uh, man, what a career he's put together since then, for real. Uh, so this movie signs really was kind of a. Uh, a landmark honestly with a lot of these actors and directors and and even uh composers and such so no for for sure and it 
Yeah. The music thing was like, was one of my favorite things to talk about. Cause I love a good music album and like, it's the use. I think I would imagine it's like a violin or something, but it was just very like intense and it, yeah. you could like feel it in your chest when yes. you're like, you're listening to the, like this music. I was like, Oh, like this is powerful stuff. But, um, but yeah, great, great movie. It's only, it's not a very long movie at that. So if you've never seen it, please do yourself a service and, and go check it out. But we're actually gonna spoiler alert. We're about to go. We're gonna discuss it uh, right now in the history of the movie Signs. What? Lionel Pritchard and the Wolf and your brothers are back. It's time for an ass weapon. This is not an intelligent way to approach this. Lee is a friend of mine. This is his son. Yeah, we'll be doing me a favor. All right, listen. We both go outside, move around the house in opposite directions. We act crazy, insane with anger, make them crap in their pants, force them around till we meet up on the other side. Explain that crazy. You know, curse and stuff. Want me to curse? You don't mean it. It's just for show. What? It won't be convincing. It doesn't sound natural when I curse. Just make noises then. All righty, everybody. So before we get into the plot, uh, I wanted to read the, uh, you know, kind of where it was filmed. Signs was filmed all throughout the year 2001. Uh, all the scenes of this movie, like the big far- the big farmhouse and stuff. Uh, excuse me, well, I take that back. Actually, the- actually, can I put this in here, Matt, real quick? Yes, yes. Uh, I was saw this when I was researching this. They actually started filming this, I believe, the day after 9-11 happened. Did they really? Yes, or it was really, really close to then. And oddly enough, we're recording this on 9-11. Yeah. Uh, and uh, very much a day that we all, if you were alive during it, you do not forget it. Nope. And um, so that was like a big, like they made a huge, uh, you know, they, they made a huge thing about the fact that they're recording right after it. It's one of the, well, things. I didn't put it in my did you knows, but I'm glad you brought it up so I could say that. Like, it's just such a, Weird coincidence, doing that, and you know, even throwing in our little pod, and throwing in our little podcast in with this, we're recording it the day of. So right, Pretty yeah, wild. that's that's destiny, man. That's destiny. We almost didn't pick this. I almost didn't pick this too. So <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out that way. But yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, but yeah, 2001, uh, all the scenes shot on location were filmed in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Uh, the scenes of the house and cornfield were were shot inside the campus of Delaware Valley University, which is actually an agricultural college. Uh, so Shyamalan, the whole cast and crew, they had 40 acres of, of land to use for this f- film. So plenty of opportunity, plenty of space. Uh, this, the bookstore scenes and the pizza shop were filmed in Newtown, Pennsylvania, and the pharmacy scene where Graham is trying to get asthma medication for uh, yeah. his son Morgan and you get these. Yeah, the, the 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 girl starts confessing to him. That yeah. was filmed in Morrisville, Pennsylvania. Yeah, is 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 douchebag? Like <laughs> Depends on its usage. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I Mel Gibson's face sold that like whole yeah. scene, just annoyed and and whatnot. But uh, so that, <laughs> it kind of scared a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, with a little yeah. bit. Um, so we're gonna run through the plot really quickly. Again, this is all spoilers. So. Uh, Graham Hess, who is played by Mel Gibson, he, him and his family live on a, a farm in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Uh, you got Morgan, who is played by Rory Culkin. 
Uh, the That's younger right. brother, brother. Yes, sir. Younger brother. Um, he has a daughter named Bo, who's played by Abigail Breslin. And uh, and his younger brother, Merrill, uh, of course, played by Joaquin Phoenix, who used to play uh, minor league baseball. Was really good. He has the uh, record for the furthest hit. He gets brought up several times throughout the movie. And and record for most strikeouts, which is why he didn't go pro. Yes, sir. That is true. Um, yeah, what a fun little fun little angle that was. It, was it felt wrong not to swing. I love that. Yeah, that's love, It's like they were setting up the final scene yeah, or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so it's, that's how like, masterful this was, movie was done. Um, but Meryl's character moves in with Graham. Uh because uh, Graham has his wife had passed away, I think six months or so prior to yeah. not walking and hit by uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah, saying, he fell asleep at the yes. wheel yes. and, and hit her. Uh, and um, that would lead to to Graham, who was a, uh, was he like a, he was either a priest or a pastor. I he was a which. priest. Yeah. They call They could consider him an so episode priest. Yeah. Kept calling, him, yeah. Yeah. Kept calling father. him father. And that made him lose his faith. Was was that which is understandable, man? That's a man. I couldn't even under I couldn't even remotely want to be in those shoes. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, the movie starts off hot. There was no like easy like there was no ease into this movie, which is what I liked. Yeah. Uh, it starts off with with Graham has waking up. He hears his kid screaming in the cornfield. He runs outside, uh, goes out, and they they discover the first crop circle. Like it, it's it's a hot start, but it eases you into this is the bare bones minimum yeah and it does a great job of introducing your four main characters too yes it really does yeah instantly and you could definitely tell right out of the gate that religion is a huge play in all this because morgan goes did god do this and this this has become a a very big theme of the movie throughout um but yeah it's uh that was the first the the cop lady comes and she always has a random ass story to tell and uh (laughs) her stories were so so like that was probably the weirdest part of the movie is these long stories that she told. It's probably one of the aspects I didn't care for. She didn't like it didn't help push the plot. It just made me hate her. <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 she starts spitting all over the skateboards and I'm she just must like, have had a cold, man. <laughs> I'm just like, where is this going? Like he and then she'd be like, OK, so what? So what's your problem? And I'm like, why did you have to do that? That's the only thing I didn't. I, didn't I think do. she was just saying that to explain why she was late because he made a point that she yeah, was late. Yeah, that's true. It was always just such a long way. She's a very good storyteller. Yeah. I will give her credit for that. But it was one of those weird things. But uh, shortly after, you know, things start to, uh, you know, to, to to break down. You know, they had the, uh, oh, the, fir- the first, like the first time he actually got like a, a gl- glimpse of the alien. You know, he's laying in bed and, um, uh, the daughter Bo wakes him up. Yes, yes. There's a there's a there's a monster outside my window. Can I get a glass of water? And- I remember I remember seeing this scene in the theater, and like I sat up to the edge of my seat. Like the second you get that quick glimpse oh of that God. figure on top of the roof, it scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it's so well done, man. Good gosh. Yeah, because they like no soul that they they no soul that you know that she says, "Hey, there's a monster outside my window," and he's just like, "Okay, let's just go get a glass of water." And you almost forgot about it for a second. Yeah, with some of the dialogue, and then they bring it back, and it's like boom. And we have the very fun, uh, you know, chase outside where the alien yes. jumps on the <laughs> roof, and uh, you know, it's it, and again, the music helps it, you know, so much. Um, more stuff keeps happening, keeps unfolding. There's the uh, 
was it the one seat? Like they, they were like, okay, we're turning off the TVs. We're going to turn off the TVs. We're going to, we're going to go into town, no radio, no TV, just, just trying to have some, a bit of a normalcy. And, uh, and yeah, eventually I think later that night, or no, that's when they come back. That's when they come back and the walkie talkie scene happens, yeah. which or is the baby monitor, cool, the baby yeah. monitor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, baby monitor scene happens. You know, they hear these aliens communicating and it gets cut off and, uh, you know, later that night is the, the the first like like Graham is like feet away from an extraterrestrial. Yeah, like, that, he's, that in the, was... he's in the cornfield. And this is the masterfully, too, where he's in the cornfield and he drops the flashlight. And when he goes to pick it up, he sees that leg uh, of that creature pull itself back into the corn. Oh. And that was another great scene, man. Good yeah. Lord. See, that's the stuff I like. That's the. That's the stuff that's scary to me. I love the low angle shot of Graham because you're, you're like, he, you know, he's out there in the dark alone. There's probably something out there. He's tapping the light and it's just like, it's just, you know, could something get him from behind? Like that, that's what that's like the, the shots that were used. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, that was one of the best aspects about it. You didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, you know, he runs, they turn on the TV and you start to see the lights. And I love the TV news report scenes. I really do, uh, you know, uh, all the all the, the the UFO lights and everyone's just like, wow, this is amazing. This is so cool. Nobody's freaking out like none of that is just, you know, it's. <laughs> yeah, because for the for the main part of this movie, most of it, except for when they go to town, takes place on the farm, like almost exclusively. So the only time you ever ever know about anything going on outside of the farm is through them watching the news, which I right. kind of dug. I, I like that doing it that way. It's kind of a different way to do it. You know, a lot of other people would have went and tried to show as much as possible, but <clears throat> that kind of takes away from it in a way if you do. And especially with the, the type of movie he was trying to make here. So uh, I really like that aspect of it. You know, they bring in like, you just hear an expert talking about crop circles. So just in case you don't know anything about crop circles, they kind of catch you up quickly there. Yeah. Uh, just smart way to do things like that. Yeah, they did a very good job of illustrating. Yeah, because I mean, the farm is obviously the primary spot, but yeah, to see that the whole world is being affected by this. All the what about that scene? You know, because when they go into town, um, you know, they get the the alien book, and yes, by Doctor Bimbu, by Doctor Bimbu, and the kids are sitting out on a bed, and then and Graham comes in and starts looking through it with them, and that one where the house looks almost exactly like their house is on fire mm-hmm. from a UFO, and then the, the scan, then the camera slowly pans over to the rest of the art on that page. And it's just those three bodies laying out. Yep, on the ground, two adults, man. two children. And it's yeah. the crap out of it. You know, that book is real, right? That's oh, is actual, it? It is. I actually looked it up. Um, that book is probably like, it's a $700 book. I got to look up. Yeah. <laughs> it, out of print, I assume. It's probably, it's, oh, definitely. It came out. Um, let's see. Science movie book. Uh it, yeah, it's 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 insane, but yeah, they they changed the name of it, and uh, oh man, why can't I find this now? But yeah, it was a real book, and and it was a, it 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 yeah, it's like a seven hundred dollar book. I think the movie raised the value of it that much. Oh yeah, but uh, I've always been interested. I'm actually gonna go fund me going so I can eventually get it. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so slowly start things start to you know it unveil itself. Uh, Graham Hess goes to visit Ray Reddy, who's the guy. Played by M. Night Shyamalan's character, uh, because he called him and there's an he, they he's face to face with an alien, uh, ends up cutting his fingers off after a long back and forth. 
And also, too, this is the this is where the Brazilian birthday party. I, yes. I could I just say Brazilian video because there's a lot of potential Brazilian videos. But um, <laughs> but, you know, the Brazilian birthday party video was was that was like, oh, crap, like things are really starting to pick. Yeah, up. that's when you get a really good look. Uh, and the, uh, I could I could assure you that's going to be one of the transitions for this episode. But yeah, I absolutely love that scene. It's so good and so well done. But when I was watching it again this week, the one thing I thought about, because if you look at that scene, the, the aliens in, like hiding behind some, some brushes and some yeah. trees and stuff. And then he goes across to behind a building. I was like, I was thinking, what if like there were people just walking around out in that town and they just oh, saw the same I know. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that too. It's like, really, is this whole street like abandoned or yeah. you know, what's what's going on? But yeah, that was that was nuts. You know, again, the music, you know, the the, the doom when it, when the alien yeah. steps out from the tree and stuff, and it was just uh, that. And, and Joaquin Phoenix's reaction, he he stands up, he jets back, he's got his hand over his mouth, and yeah. And they rewind. I'm like, oh my god! It was, it was, oh, so good, so good. But yeah, not too long after that, not too long after that is when the final, I guess, the climax, of the movie happens. Uh, Graham and Merrill start to board up the house. They're, you know, the alien. There's a massive invasion. They see on the TV that tons of lights are coming to fly in. Uh, they discover that the crop circles were used for navigation, so their house is going to be um, one of the first targets, conveniently, and. and you know, so they start boarding up. They want to protect the, the house as best as they can. They could have, um, you know, they had the option to go and go by water, which Ray Reddy suggested. Um, but they decided to stay in the house because that's where the kids wanted to stay there because that's where their mom uh, lived and they wanted to protect it. So, uh, yeah, breaks down. The aliens eventually get in the house. There's a crazy basement scene where uh, Morgan's asthma starts to go off. He gets he gets touched by an alien, grabbed by an yeah. alien. Uh, and it eventually calms down. It's it's crazy, crazy. That man, the the last scene, right? That's how you out. That's how you reveal it, right? That's the perfect way. You don't just show this alien showing up. You have Graham go grab the TV so his son can see it, see the celebrations that are going on because yep. humans have figured out how to defeat these things. And he's rolling it in, and you don't see the alien at first. In person, you see it through the reflection off the off the turned off TV, and was, that's yeah. what a way to do it, man. It was, oh, I mean, your heart just dropped when you seen it because you already think everything's okay. The aliens are cleared out; they're gone, and, and to see that was, you know, insane. And also, too, it, something important to realize: we never get a good look at the aliens until this scene coming up. Right. We now we don't know what their face. We we see like a on purpose, you know, yeah. on purpose, on purpose. There's a fuzzy silhouette. There's, um, you know, there's the fuzzy silhouette on the TV from the Brazilian video. There's the leg. There's the roof intruder. Um, the arm. The, the arm. Whatever. The arm. You know, that. Uh, this is the first time we actually get to see it. You know, at first it's, you know, it's shadowed. You just see the eyes on the top. But, um, you know, when we get our, our, our great flashback scene and Meryl starts, you know, Graham goes, swing away, Meryl. Meryl, swing away. They start knocking it down, and and right, right a lot. Ironically enough, all the water cups that were displaced around the room because yeah, they Bo, were dusty. Bo would never finish a glass of water. Yeah. So like, there was water glasses everywhere because there were amoebas in that water or whatever amoebas. other things were. <laughs> Morgan drinking and has his amoebas in it. He's just yeah. like, all right, I give up. Which is but, something that me and my family still quote if uh, we find somebody's <laughs> not finished a drink. 
<laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a funny line, especially for a kid to know what amoeba is. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but yeah, they, they find out that water's the weakness and that's the only thing that made the, the aliens bleed. And, and, you know, uh, the brother Merrill, uh, you know, ends up defeating the alien. They, 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 they save Morgan cause he get, was poisoned and everything's kind of good and hunky dory. And, and at the end, grandma's finds religion again. Yep. Yep. Uh, which is, you know, it obviously becomes a, it's a huge turnaround for him considering everything that had happened, uh, you know, over, over that period of time, but, uh, yeah. a really, a very cool, nice, nice ending, uh, to it all. Very cool. Nice ending to it all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the science movie in a nutshell. It's like, man, I always just, I always want like more, I know a sequel would have never been like good, but it's like, I, I just, it's one of those movies where it's so, where it, it is satisfying, you know, it, definitely satisfying. But you can you always wanted more. And I think that's the mastery of how this film. Yeah. Was made. But also, I think that uh, he told a complete story here, too. Right. Uh, which I very much appreciate. So I like while I'm with you, I want to know more like what happened to these characters later on. Uh, I would love to have known that. I'm OK with it, with it ending how it ended, because I still got a complete story out of it. I got Agreed. closure. So I like uh, the yeah. mystery. I like the I like the yeah. the. the that's what great directors do. Great directors, great um, people who create like worlds and stuff. They leave a lot of room for mystery and, and imagination. Yeah. And I think Shyamalan did a, a masterful job here um, with his, you know, it's a very subtle, it's a very subtle ending. Very, very much ending. so. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the movie in a nutshell. That's the, you know, all the filming location. Very, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was a very high budget movie, depending on, you know, what you consider to be big budget, but um, it, it simply put it did very it did very well for itself so um that's enough of that let's head on over to matt's stats some people are probably thinking this is the end of the world that's true do you think it could be yes all right everybody so august 2nd 2002 was the date that the movie was released uh 106 minute runtime, so very, very, I mean, quick movie by today's standards. Well, hour 46, that's not bad. That's not bad. It go, it feels quicker, though. Uh, it does. It moves it, really fast. Shyamalan made this movie for $72 million. Um, I guess it kind of seems like a lot in, in hindsight. That's a, especially around that time period, too. That's it's, it's quite a bit. But there was a lot of CGI involved. I'm sure renting out the house and stuff was not cheap. Uh, at the they, box, they, they built that house, I thought. Didn't they make that house? They they might have. I think uh, I read that somewhere when I was researching this. They actually oh, built this, that house. Okay, so they had the they had the the land to do it. They just built right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, that that does. They probably just built it to look like that book. Um. So all right. So very good. So uh, the film grossed two hundred twenty seven million nine hundred sixty six thousand six hundred thirty four dollars in domestic ticket receipts, screening at three thousand four hundred fifty three theaters during its wi- uh, widest release. It also earned an additional $180.2 million in business through international release, top out $408.2 million in, in revenue. And they were nominated for a bunch of awards. They won an American Society of Composers uh, Award, which, yes, it was that good. And, uh, and, and yeah, they, they get, looking at the budget costs, they, they, they considered it a very, very strong um release there's nearly not that many stats about this movie um 
but just you know, it did very, very well for itself uh, without. Let's see. I don't know if you found this stat or not, Matt, because I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. Uh, but I really wanted to know like how much actual screen time the aliens had on screen because it was so little, and I really appreciated how they did that. That is a good, good question. I did not come across that, but uh, it had to be it had to be under five minutes, right? Oh, easily. Like, like the bulk of it was the end, for sure. Because the other ones were just quick glim- uh, glimpses of the creatures. Let's see. Yeah, aliens. Th- I got. Um, oh, let's see. No, that's the movie Alien, not Alien. Not. Okay. Yeah, there was. It was definitely that short. And I think that again, that's what the intrigue was with it. I didn't find an actual number for it, but yeah, the Brazilian video was maybe ten seconds. Uh, the leg scene was very quickly, and that when you see you, it on the roof was super quick. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, very quick. And, and honestly, even the alien that, that fight scene at the end, it wasn't very long. It was definitely under five minutes. Yeah. Uh, which is it just it screams how good that you didn't need um, so much alien, which uh, he did on purpose. Like oh, he, for sure. He talks about that, that he didn't want to just always show these aliens. Plus, it would have been a lot of CG, too. So it was just kind of smart from a filmmaking standpoint. Oh, 100 percent. Uh, especially in this early stage of CG. This is, you know, CG that been around less than really 10 years since Jurassic Park. So, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of smart. And it's really the first time he was very hesitant to use CG. He didn't really want to, uh, but he kind of had to with, with that ending. So, right. Um, but yeah, uh, man, man. Yeah, it's masterful, Phil. I love it. <laughs> it's it's so good. It's so good. I'm glad we got to talk about it. But um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really all it is for stats. It did very well for, so I think it lasted uh nine and a half weeks in theaters i think that's what i read somewhere so it did pretty well it had a good run you know obviously in this day and age that you know it's 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 a very peasant number compared to like superhero films were in there for three four months at a time but um but let's head on over to johnny's did you know hi baby i was just taking a walk for dinner you love hawks. It was meant to be. Does it hurt? I don't feel much. So for this, we want to give you some did you know facts about M. Night himself, and then also a few about the film science. So uh, M. Night, before he even finished high school, had actually made 45 short films. Yes, they showed, didn't they show a couple, I think, in the DVD? Yes. They had extras. Yes. And uh, they were goofy little things. But, but yeah, he made a ton. He loved filmmaking. Loved yeah. it. In 1992, uh, M. Night made a movie. His first actual movie was called Praying with Anger. And then his second movie was called Wide Awake that even starred Rosie O'Donnell. Hmm. Uh, yet neither of these films actually got a proper release. So that's why when you're looking back at his films, the first one actually got a proper release was The Sixth Sense. And, uh, but he actually made technically made two feature films before that. They just never got a good release from right. Interesting. Uh, In 2000, after the sixth sense had come out, uh, he became the first Indian American to be nominated for both best director and best original screenplay at the Academy Awards. Cause that's the other thing about him. He writes, directs, uh, and even acts most of his movies. So. Yes, yeah, he always he always finds a way to to make an appearance. He does. That's 
is one of those like those are very unique thing when I when I first discovered that. Yeah, yeah. very unique. Uh, Steven Spielberg offered M Night the job of writing and directing the fourth Indiana Jones movie. You know the Chris when I ended up being the Crystal Skulls. Oh, I love that movie. But uh, M Night ended up not being able to do it because he had other commitments and he couldn't do it, which was a big shame because if you see some of his short films, you can find this one. He it's obvious that he loves Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> That would have been a difference maker. Yeah. That would have been cool. Uh, I'm very interested in what he would have done with, with that. Just to see, especially during now that I'm time. Sad. Now I'm sad. <laughs> uh, M. Knight wanted to market the movie Unbreakable, which is a fantastic freaking film, by the way. If you have not seen Unbreakable, you're doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely. Uh, he wanted to market Unbreakable as a comic book movie. And this is well before even those original X-Men movies came out. So he would have been one of the first ones. But Disney told him no because they didn't think a comic book movie would sell. Oh, the irony. And look how tides have turned. <laughs> huh? <laughs> That's the most, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And most of their money now comes from comic book movies. It definitely does. Yeah. yeah. M. Knight was one of the directors that was wanted to direct at least one of the Harry Potter films. You know, when they were making those Harry Potter films, they were kind of getting different directors to do different ones, and he was one of the names. Uh, he ultimately turned it down. That would have I'm very interested what he would have done with a Harry Potter movie. It would have been very different. Yeah. I wonder which ones he would have been offered to handle. I think some I, of the later ones he would have fit I think he would have did well with. Yes. The the early ones I don't think so. The later ones I think he could have really done pretty well. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Uh M Knight actually has a fear of flying. He doesn't like to fly. Which is just one of the reasons that if you notice a majority of his movies, especially these early ones, are filmed or take place around Pennsylvania. That's because that's where he's from. And that's where his family's from. Hmm. Uh, before in the movie Signs, when they're casting Signs, the part of of uh, Graham, before Mel Gibson came along, uh, both Clint Eastwood and Paul Newman were approached to star in it because he was looking for like an older actor type person for it, but they both turned it down and Mel Gibson got the script and he said he couldn't stop reading it. So that's how that led. Just like it. us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was weird. It, it's weird. Like thinking back to picture Mel Gibson in a, in a Shyamalan movie. It, it, it's, it comes off weird to me. I, I'm not sure why. I mean, I know he's not the biggest name. He's one of the big, he's a big name actor and there were other bigger name actors that have been in Shyamalan movies, but it's just it just it's it doesn't seem like a mel gibson type role especially for that time yeah very it wasn't very action heavy of course and that's what gibson was known for you know mad max uh braveheart and and some of these movies it was a very unique role for for gibson at this point in time yeah for sure uh mel gibson actually didn't even know that m knight was going to play the part of ray ready until just before the camera started rolling and then he found out <laughs> Wow. That's pretty wild, right? I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. Especially when you're supposed to have like this big emotional connection to this other person, right? Because this right. person was the one behind the wheel that killed your wife. So. Yeah. And this man gave you a job and now you have to pretend I like, hate him in a way. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's all I got that's for tough. the for the did you knows. Now it's time for us to talk about where science stands in the pop culture today. Swing away, Meryl. Swing away. 
So as far as pop culture legacy goes, Science is one of those movies that I think a lot. Of, it, it doesn't get talked about nearly enough, but when it does get talked about, people are like, oh, yeah, I love that movie. They love to, you know, when I first talked about doing an episode, cause I, I, I a couple months, uh, about a month ago, I was like, I just want I want to hop on somebody's podcast and do an episode on science. And I got a lot of offers uh, and none of them went through. And Johnny was just like, yo, let's just do it for retro pop. I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, um, we both love this movie. We yeah. do. We do. It is one of the, you know, it, it's it was cool. I was glad that that was, you know, the case with this. But um, but yeah, so people do like it. It doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get pedestaled i think enough it's not like this people don't view it as like this landmark film like you know in this maybe maybe in this i don't know if i call it a landmark film but it it, it it's special to me it's yeah. it's it's special to me so pop culture influence i'm not sure but i think you know longevity i think it it this movie as well as several others that you've named so far today uh helped sh- sell m night Shyamalan as a you know as a big time director who could, who could do really yes. good stuff when, when given a camera, you know, yes, what I mean? and, and he's still doing stuff today. So, yeah, uh, that would be the legacy of this movie. I would think would be the director writer himself. But uh, the the thing that really shocked me when I was going back to watch this, luckily, I have the DVD. So that's how I watched oh, it. Good. But uh, I was just assuming that it would be on one of the multiple streaming services there are. And I just would just watch it. Yeah, I thought so, too. But that's not the case. Uh, you actually have to pay for it to watch this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, HBO Max has to have it. Yeah. No. I was thinking somebody like that. No, no. Yeah I, uh, yeah. I don't know if his other movies are on any of these services. I have no idea. I meant to look that up, but I forgot. So, uh, but that's kind of strange to me because uh, pretty much anything else, any other movie you ever want to find is on some streaming service. Right. I know The Village used to be on Netflix. That yes. was the first time I watched the, I ended up watching The Village was on Netflix, but Signs I've, always, the theater. <laughs> signs I've always struggled with. I've, I've always yeah. struggled to find find it with. Yeah, I had to pay. I think I paid four bucks to rent it for two or three days off YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, it's definitely worth the money if you haven't seen it, but uh, that's still strange to me. Uh, and maybe that shows that it's kind of a, to me, a, a almost a forgotten classic uh, or an underrated movie for sure. Right. Uh, to me because it you're right not a lot of people talk about it i think it gets brought up when people are talking about alien movies maybe from time to time and aliens are becoming even more so uh, a part of pop culture so i think it'll make a comeback for sure i Uh, I bet i bet when it is actually picked up by streaming service it'll get talked about more and more again so uh and and just great performances in it Uh, i kind of think the whole mel gibson thing even though he was obviously very good in it but what he got you know uh all the stuff he said later on i think hurt this movie too because he was it's in possible. it possible yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 one of those weird things like I, I have no problem separating the art from the artist right but some people, i have no problem a lot of people yeah. don't a lot of people can't yeah. do that but you know it his movies like braveheart and stuff you know will get played constantly i mean you can't just take those away but signs definitely i think him you know, it, it is possible that that damaged the movies, uh, you know, replayability, I guess, or in a video game yeah. from a video game standard. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of it, it might have changed that. Yeah. Which if that's how you feel, that's fine. Like then, oh, you yeah. know, by all means, don't watch it. Uh, and I get it. I do. Uh, but like I watched this growing like I was a young man when this came out 
and I saw it in the theater and this is well before any of that stuff. So it's always going to have a place in my soul as a movie that I really loved. And it led to me liking so many things, you know, the village is another movie that gets, gets a lot of flack sometimes, but it's really good. Go back and watch it. It's so good. Uh, I mean, it had the balls, this movie, the village had the balls to actually change who the main character was. Yeah. Cause this whole time you think it's this one person and then it's not, it's, it's, it's not at all. It's Ron Howard's daughter. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and that kind of started her for me too. Uh, Cause she's so good and all the stuff she's in. And so, uh, and the one thing I remember from that movie is I went and saw it with my buddy, Chris and the big reveal, the big twist of course, is uh, that they're in modern day. They're not back in the old times. And I remember loving that twist. Like, oh man, that's so cool. And I remember after the movie, my buddy Chris was like, Yeah, I saw that coming. I was like, You never said anything. No, whatever. <laughs> I it, that's one of my pet peeves when people say stuff like that. Uh that's why if I actually predict something and I don't say it out loud and it comes true, I just don't say anything. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. how normal people that's how normal people function. Yeah, yeah so. that's it. That's yeah, nobody's seen that coming. But nobody. I would I, I do think this first four movies, especially of M Nights, will have a legacy of their own. Uh, so I think those will stand the time of pop culture that people can come back to again and again. Uh, they're just so well done and so well written and made. So uh, that's where I think the legacy of science kind of stands along with those other three movies to me. No, I certainly agree. I certainly agree. Well, that's a wrap on this episode, everybody. Uh, Johnny, you have choice in two weeks. All right. Uh, what are we what are we covering? Man, I thought about this. I had a lot of movies in my head, and I was trying to figure out which one I wanted to cover. And then I was like, you dummy. Serbian film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of different ones. Like, I was thinking Dumb and Dumber. I was thinking Pixar's Up. I mean, I was thinking all kinds of different genres of film. Yeah. Yeah, that I just love. So, uh, ultimately, though, I thought, you know, you dummy, uh, just pick another movie about aliens. And we'll just double this up with the themes of this month. Not only movies, but alien movies. And I'm going to pick the one that ultimately probably really uh, was, was a landmark film, still is, still holds up. It's a classic. It's a Spielberg classic, E.T. Uh, so I am prepared to watch it and cry because I know it's what's going to do to me. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, so, it's so good. That's such yeah. a good movie. I and can't wait is, to talk about and it. And it is streaming on uh, Peacock, I believe. So if you have Peacock, you can watch it along with us when we talk about it in two weeks. I think I still had the VHS. I think my parents still had the VH, the original VHS from it. So yeah, that movie was huge. It was, it was a huge film. Yeah. Big. Oh, we, we got to talk about the video game too, right? We got to oh, talk about the video game. Yes, yes. Please and thank you. Will. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of Retro Pop. As always, we thank you so much for your support, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks on your favorite biweekly pop culture show.